MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game on a Friday morning. Good Friday morning to you, Gil Alexander. On a uh, beautiful Friday here in Vegas. It's going to be hot again. Jason Kahn, producer number seven here as well. Good morning, Gil. How are you? I'm going well. We've got rid of the uh, 115s, but we're still in the 109, 108 degree uh, sort of range here these days in Vegas. Uh, good show today. Uh, second hour, let's start there. A lot of uh, good stuff. Reed Kuhn on UFC 265 uh, with analytics. What goes into his analytics, what does not, what his plays are. Some of his plays may surprise you, uh, both uh, in the main card and on the prelims. We'll do that. Reed Kuhn from Fightnomics. Also, Aaron Moore, who writes for us from Point Spread Weekly, whole piece on the Heisman. Uh, we look forward to that. He's got some really good Heisman thoughts, how you break this down. And really, if you recall, last last year with the Heisman, with Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and on down the line, uh, Devontae Smith, obviously, how that shifted week to week to week seemingly. Not really seemingly. In reality, in college football last year. So he's got some thoughts on this new era in college football. Uh, with NIL and everything going else on, who's got some thoughts on where the value is now and who you should wait on. So that's always good. Will Hill, also Point Spread Weekly contributor, will join us. He has a thought on preseason football coming up. Uh, We'll see if that line is still available to play in week one. And he's got baseball thoughts as well. So we look forward to that uh, hour number two. This hour, heavy emphasis on baseball. Mark Borchard will join us. He'll have his baseball picks of the day. And uh, from ATS Radio, the lead writer at ATS.io, you probably know him from Skating Tripods through the years on Twitter. Maybe my favorite baseball guy ever of all time. Um, beyond my guys, of course, Paul Spore, Jason Weingarten, and Joe Pita. I think uh, Adam Burke on deck because his baseball season win pieces year after year after year have just been spectacular. Um, what a what a gem he is. We'll talk to him about all things baseball and beyond uh, with Adam Burke momentarily uh, as well. Just a few thoughts here, a couple thoughts before we get to Adam. Uh, one Hall of Fame game last night gets... The football season, the NFL season underway, I guess. Uh, standalone Hall of Fame game, usually it's on a Sunday night. The Olympics created a conflict, so they had it on a Thursday night in Canton, Ohio. Uh, if, you've been, if you've not been to a Hall of Fame game or Hall of Fame ceremony, you should do it once in your life. I did it in 2008 when uh, Daryl Green and uh, Arch Monk were inducted. 
for the Washington uh, football team back in the day. Uh, was a great experience, and uh, you should do it once in your life. But the uh, Hall of Fame game, traditionally very lackluster. I think that's fair. The total settled in at 31.5 last night. Ends up going under uh, 16-3. Pittsburgh wins it. Uh, ends up on 19, and everybody who had it under rejoices at how smart they are. Well, let's just remind people about football and how we have to be really honest about our handicaps. Sometimes we're right. Sometimes we're wrong. Sometimes we're wrong and it works out. Sometimes we're right and it doesn't. Uh, this was one of those where if you had an under, don't pat yourself on the back too much, I wouldn't say. Uh, Pittsburgh blocked a field goal attempt by Hunter Niswander. Uh, Sam Sloman missed 49. Botched an extra point. Uh, Niswander also missed 52. There were four turnovers. Now you could say to yourself, oh, see, I told you it was going to be sloppy. Oh, okay. Got all those kicks missing? Okay. Uh, but congratulations to those who had the under. Nonetheless, preseason football, once again, from our standpoint here on a numbers game. Uh, listen, no one loves betting the NFL draft more than we have on this show. We were doing it from the beginning. Um, and the NFL draft is a really, it's really a Googling contest, right? It's a research contest, us versus the books. So I'm all about betting anything you can have an edge on. And if you're into preseason football and you're a better researcher, a better Googler uh, than the books, by all means, get into it. There are preseason angles to be, uh, to, to exploit, I should say. And, in fact, Will Hill will talk about one coming up. But uh, just a absolutely uh, dreadful game last night. We're all happy to see football back. Three weeks of preseason followed by 17 this year of the regular season. Can't wait for that. And we'll get Dr. Bob on. We'll, we'll see if his uh, his long-standing preseason week two trend applies now anymore because of the reduction from four weeks to three weeks. I'm not so sure it does anymore. It's the one tried and true thing uh, trend-wise that we like to do here on this show. Uh, the other thing is uh, Team USA, men's side, going for the gold tonight against France. France beat the uh, beat Team USA first game. Remember, the US, Team USA had a big lead late, a nine-point lead late, and they squandered it, which is the exact opposite of everything else that has happened with Team USA uh, this tournament. They have been the, the most reliable fall behind early then come from behind to win often cruise fashion, cruise control fashion. Uh, tonight against France, probably should employ it the same way. First for, first for things first, it's actually on NBC. It's Gil Alexander. It's a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Slim, Game Plus, iHeartRadio. So it's actually on real big NBC television, as Matt Brown, my co-host on uh, Primetime Action, called it last night, as opposed to having to find it streaming somewhere. So that's the first hurdle we have, uh, we've cleared on that. Uh, but there's probably no better way to, to bet it than waiting for them to fall behind and then betting them from behind. Now you have to be okay with uh, having that ship sail if they never fall behind. We had Doug Kazarian on from Daily Wager last night on Primetime Action. He actually likes France in the first half as his pre-flop based on that sort of thinking as well. France catching six or six and a half points there. Shop around. Let's talk some baseball. Let's bring in Adam Burke at Skating Tripods is where you can find him on Twitter. Good morning to you, Adam. Hey, how's it going, Gil? Great to see you, man. Um, let's start with some of the things that uh, I've asked other baseball guests this week. Uh, I was away for during the trade deadline, so I just want to start with the trade deadline from you because I haven't heard from you about it. What did you think, obviously Scherzer, Trey Turner aside, let's say here, what did you think was the other biggest sort of needle move on, uh, on the trade deadline, not that just that day, but the days leading up to it as well? You know, I think the biggest needle move for me actually doesn't even involve a buyer. It actually involves a seller. And I think what the Cubs did to get Nick Madrigal from the White Sox is a move that's going to really benefit them long term. A guy that puts a ton of balls in play, pretty good defensive second baseman, very reliable projection over the years of the control that the Cubs will have with him. That's actually a move that I think is really, really significant, not being talked about enough because obviously they're not in the race. And, you know, as we've seen, they haven't played well since the trade deadline at all. But I think that's a move that is really, I don't want to say changes the path of their franchise over the next six years, but they brought in a lot of really good talent. And I think now all of a sudden we see a Cubs team that even though they're going to lose some games over the next couple of seasons, they now have a pretty clear vision going forward. And I think a player like Madrigal is actually the cornerstone type of guy that you want to be at the top of the order, to be a table setter. Like I said, put a bunch of balls in play. We know what balls in play can mean at Wrigley Field. So I really love that move for the Cubs. Love their trade deadline in general. 
So maybe not the answer you expected because the buyers were so aggressive, but I thought the Cubs had a really, really good 48 hours leading up to the deadline. It's an interesting answer. Uh, let's Since you're in the NL Central, let's start there on Primetime Action, which I do on, at night on MSG Plus with Matt, Danielle, and Kelly. I mentioned a few times about the Reds sort of lurking there against the Padres and that this could get very tight very quick. Well, it has in a matter of days uh, for the number two wildcard position, ostensibly. The Reds are three and a half behind the Padres now, three behind them in the loss column. Uh, We were having trouble finding yes-no playoff uh, markets this morning, quite frankly, but I'm sure they'll be back up if if they're not uh, up at this very moment where you bet. Um, Do you think that is a very real possibility? Is there a bet to be made there? Yes on the Reds, no on the Padres, either one of those? Yes, certainly. I think it's a possibility. I mean, you know, you look at Cincinnati and and they've really taken off since Luis Castillo got back into form. And that happened in early June. A guy that had very bad sequencing luck early on in the season, very low left on base percentages. He's gotten a lot better here over the last two months. And that's really when the Reds kind of took off as well. You know, kind of doing this with some injuries that they're dealing with. They kind of rebuilt the bullpen a little bit. And, and to some degree, Gil, I think it is a buy on the Reds, but also I think it's a sell on the Padres. I mean, this Padres team, their pitching staff is kind of in shambles right now. You Darvish has an ERA north of five since that foreign substance crackdown came in early June. They've got a pretty long list of pitcher injuries. Blake Snell hasn't been effective. Ryan Weathers is a guy that I'm sure you and I have been trying to bet against in a lot of situations. So I think it's both. I think it's a little bit of a buy on the Reds, but also a sell on the Padres, where I just don't know if their pitching staff can hold up. I don't know if there's a chance their pitching staff can really get any healthier than it currently is. Now Chris Paddock is probably out until early September with the oblique, so they lose another depth guy there. I'm a little bit on the fence about buying the Reds, but I can certainly get behind selling the Padres. Uh, let's, let's just do this as a sort of a stream of consciousness since we're, since we're in the NL West now. So the Giants have a three-and-a-half game lead over the Dodgers. Make it four. Four exactly. We have this uh, wrong up here on the screen. So four-game lead over the Dodgers in the, uh, in the National League West. At four here with, okay, you know, just over 40 games left in the season. So it's rel- exactly a quarter pretty much, just, a, just over a quarter of the season left. Uh, I'm not obviously the, the Giants ship has sailed because we were talking about them when they were 13 to one, eight to one before the season to, uh, as a yes on a playoff team. So we had that much right. Does this shift a little over to the Dodgers at all in your opinion? Now you can get the Dodgers to win this division, the big bad LA Dodgers who just added Max Scherzer and Trey Turner at the low low price of minus 175, four back. Does that interest you at all? Has the pendulum swung? Or are you at the point now where you're like, it doesn't matter. The Giants just figure out a way. Last night, first time since 1993, they came back from a four-run deficit in the ninth, four-or-more-run deficit in the ninth uh, to win a game. They did so with a a four-spot in the ninth and a fifth run on a Chris Bryant RBI double in the uh, tenth. First time since 1941, they did it with zero runs down uh, four runs or more in the ninth. So it was just a historic comeback. Where do you stand? Dodgers minus 175, maybe now? You know, I got caught up in the the post-trade deadline hoopla looking at the Dodgers and, of course, getting Max Scherzer. And, you know, Trey Turner will come off the COVID list here shortly. But as you look a little bit deeper at this Dodgers team, you know, Clayton Kershaw not expected back until early September. You've got Walker Bueller, who's, you know, having a Cy Young caliber season. You've got Max Scherzer, who's got, you know, a very big uh, set of hardware on his mantle. But the thing that concerns me about the Dodgers going forward is what can we reasonably expect over the last 40 or so games from Julio Urias? a guy that they have babied over the last several years. They've never really worked up his innings workload. Now, all of a sudden, he's forced into a position where he's probably going to have to throw 175 innings this year with all the rotation issues that they have. Maybe they start to stretch out David Price or continue to as they have been. But I worry about what we get from Urias going forward. So you've got a lot on the shoulders of Scherzer and Bueller. Price is kind of hit or miss, as we know. Now Tony Gonsolin is on the I.L., So I worry about that for the Dodgers. And also, there's only three head-to-head meetings between the Giants and the Dodgers left here, and I think they're in later September. So how do the Dodgers gain ground? Who do the Giants lose to that allows the Dodgers to gain ground, or does Los Angeles just play at an absurd clip? 
I don't know if either one of those things are going to be true here to where the Giants struggle against teams they continue to be beating or that the Dodgers reel off some ridiculous pace. So I got caught up in it right after the deadline. But as you look more at the situation for this Dodgers pitching staff, I think you can find enough concerns for them to not make up that four-game deficit. I think I would still have to look at the Giants because they're in the driver's seat right now and have that cushion. Wow. I mean, this is Adam. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm there's no bigger Giants fan than I am. I had them again, yes, before the season. Uh, gave it out on air, 8-1. to one. But, but the division? Like, there was never even an inkling of thought even in my head that that could happen. This is one of the more amazing sports stories. Like, if they win the division, I don't know what happens even if they do in the postseason, right? Because they're not the most perfectly set up team starting pitching-wise. You know, the Brewers obviously are set up nicer just uh, off the top of my head. The Dodgers probably as well, clearly as well, but and, and better. But it's just that it's an amazing story. And, and baseball, usually with 162 games, you can overcome, you know, variance in your, your handicapping, your negative variance. Uh, they just might get it done. It's incredible. Let's go to the American League for a second. I, real quick, yeah. I just want to say, I think the Giants are the Tampa Bay Rays of the West Coast now. Yeah, I think they're so smart, so brilliant in that front office. They're going to find ways to win. They've certainly found ways to hit at Oracle Park now, turn that from being a handicap into somewhere that they thrive. I think that it really speaks to paying attention to the teams that are well-versed in analytics in that not only are they going to be good, but they'll probably overperform based on expectations. I think the Giants are actually here to stay for a little while. Uh, in Farhan, we trust. Farhan Zaidi, who took over that team, he is pitch perfect. And, and I was even saying last year and the year before, with, with the Ostremski and Dickerson and Solano, like people don't believe in these guys. These guys are really, really good. And this is before the power surge, the very unpredictable power surge of Crawford and Posey and those kind of guys, Longoria uh, earlier this season. But it, it's just an amazingly put-together team. Speaking of the Rays, let's go to the AL East. They've got the, the, the uh, short lead over the Red Sox. The Yankees. That thing perhaps approaching in the rearview mirror. They're playing some good baseball now. Um, Yankees five and a half back. Uh, Red Sox one and a half back. The Rays, I called them Teflon earlier this week. Uh, Snell goes to the Padres. Morton signs with the Braves. Glass now has the Tommy John coming up, and it just doesn't seem to matter. I mean, it's just incredible. Rays at a short price here in the American League uh, East. I'll give you the exact price here at uh, at BetMGM off the top. It is exactly. Uh, oh, there you go. Now it's up there. Thank you. Minus 100. Uh, plus 130 on the Sox. And then the plus 750 on the Yankees. By the way, Blue Jays lurking at 14 to 1. Is there a Yankees or Jays player? Would you just rather play the Rays? I think you play the Rays or you play the Yankees here. You know, the Red Sox have been a pretty mediocre team over the last couple of months, you know, and, and you kind of have to break the season down into before June 3rd and after June 3rd. And Boston, since the start of June, basically, 16th in weighted on base average, 16th in ERA, 16th in FIP. They've been a very pedestrian team now for more than two months. And they're 32 and 25 in that span. They're very fortunate to be doing that well with the performances that they've had. But this is a team that I think is falling off a little bit, is sliding back a little bit. Maybe Chris Sale stops that slide. I guess that's a possibility. But, I mean, the Rays are so creative, so brilliant. That bullpen is so dominant. The offense is pretty good. Uh, you know, that's a team that's just really, really smart. Tough to overcome them. But this hard-charging Yankees team, I mean, look, there were two things that were wrong with the Yankees going into the trade deadline. The first one was that they couldn't hit righties. Well, they've fixed that now to a degree with Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo. The second thing is that they've fallen on the wrong side of sequencing luck. They were one of the worst teams in baseball. Actually, I think the worst team in baseball with men in scoring position. Mm. That wasn't going to keep being the case. They're way too talented for that. So now we're kind of seeing some of that positive regression come into the fold for them. They're taking off. They've shaved off three and a half games in the last week and a half in that division race. If they don't win this division, I think they overtake Oakland for the second wild card spot. So if you think that the Yankees can make the playoffs, maybe you take that plus 750 shot. I think there's probably a little bit of line equity in that. But I do think ultimately they'll get in. 
The division is tougher, but I think the second wildcard spot is probably where they do end up. And let's just take a moment to, uh, for those who are listening or new time, you know, new listeners or haven't listened for long, when we refer to sequencing. So in baseball handicapping, we're always trying to assess what's a starting pitcher's true skill set, what is sustainable, what is not sustainable, where he's been fortunate, where he hasn't, where he's been unfortunate. But on a, at a broader team basis, there's Bill James' uh, Pythagorean theorem, which is really just a fancy name. It's not your uh, 10th grade geometry class Pythagorean theorem, but it's really runs produced by the team runs given up and there is a tried and true formula i won't bore anybody with the formula that just says this is how many this is what your win percentage ought to be and if you're above that you're sort of overperforming your runs produced and runs uh prevented uh if you're below that you're underperforming it but then beyond that what what adam is talking about sequencing and sequencing is sort of a, a an umbrella term for it it's really if you have the same the, the example i like to give is the most uh simple one if you have the same events but rearranged in baseball both both from an offensive and defensive standpoint sometimes you're super fortunate over the long haul sometimes you're unfortunate so if it's a home run followed by three walks and then three strikeouts you end up with one run in an inning but if you have the same three events and they go in a different order you could end up with a grand slam and have four so there's all kinds of expected run uh, values and some teams just get the worst of that offensively or defensively or both through a season some get the best of it so that's what uh, Adam's referring to with the Yankees um, I, I haven't even asked you about the A's who are four back of the Astros but I don't com- I don't feel compelled to even ask you about that because it just feels like that's not going to happen do you think the athletics could be bumped out of a playoff berth entirely like what's more likely them catching the Astros obviously they're four back and they're and the, the other wild card teams are much closer to them so it's pretty right by that respect it might be an obvious answer but what is what's your prognosis on the athletics either direction i guess yeah i mean i don't dislike this oakland team i did coming into the season i did play their season win total under and and i don't think that one's going to get there for me but they're not catching houston i mean i think new york catches them for that second wild card spot in in all actuality i I think houston is still the best team in the american league so I, i don't think there's really any chance that oakland can catch them I think Oakland will have a very difficult time holding off the Yankees, especially with how New York's been playing here of late. Uh, okay, uh, let's uh, let's ask this final question. I'll throw it to college football for a second. Uh, you have done some college football stuff here in the offseason. Give me your one or two best season win total plays. Yeah, I got a couple that I actually like here. One of them's SMU over six out there in the AAC. One of the things that I like to look at coming into a season is, you know, did a team upgrade at the coordinator spots? You know, did a team really make a significant stride there? We know that SMU is a team that is going to produce offense. We'll see if it's Tanner Mordecai or if it's the freshman Preston Stone. But I love the hire of Jim Levitt as the defensive coordinator, a guy who's been very, very good in that role. Obviously, we know him from a lot of different spots, Oregon being one of them. Jim Levitt is a guy that I think really upgrades this defense. And in a weak middle of the conference for the AAC, I think that SMU is a team that can really overachieve here. Over six is the number. I have them projected for 7.34 wins, so I'm well above the market number there with them. So SMU is one for me. And one for the under category I don't think Tennessee is going to be any good this year. I think Josh Heupel is actually a downgrade. I didn't like what I saw from him down at UCF. They don't have a ton of talent there in Knoxville. I only have them favored in five games, which means they're going to have to pull off two pretty significant upsets to get over six wins. I've got them an underdog of a touchdown or more in all of their games where they're not favored. So I think it's really hard to find two more wins for Tennessee. If they go six and six, so be it, whatever I push. I don't think seven and five is a very likely outcome for them. Maybe a 10th percentile outcome, something like that. So I think Tennessee under six is a pretty good look as well. Okay, I like it. Uh, Adam Burke at Skating Tripods. Adam, do you have any baseball picks today? If you do, I'll keep you on for five more minutes. Do you have any picks today? Uh, You know, what I was looking at here a little bit was the under between the Tigers and the Indians with Matt Manning and Cal Quantrill. I think Quantrill's a lot better than people realize. Indians' bullpen is is solid enough. Uh, Total nine and a half for this one. I do like Matt Manning as well. Okay, we'll leave it there. Adam Burke at Skating Tripods. Thank you, sir. ATS Radio is where you can find him as well. Thank you, sir. Take care, Gil. All right, Adam Burke, who's, by the way, staying with his mom who uh, hurt her knee, so I wish her the best as well. We all do. Uh, A good son he's being as well. We'll come back. I got tennis picks in D.C. next on Numbers Game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Numbers Game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada with football season just around the corner. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit Bet MGM for terms and conditions must be 21 or older. That's 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. It's Gil Alexander. It's a numbers game where sports betting analytics live. I uh, gotta love Adam Burke, man. He, uh, I used to do so during the Beating the Book podcast days and during the early days of VSIN, I used to write my baseball season win totals season manifesto. And we would, season, we would do great on those every year. Just every year, because it's just this ex- exhaustive sort of deep dive into baseball season wins. And as deep dive, as deep as my dives were, man, mine was like diving into a 10-foot pool. Adam is diving into the bottom of the ocean with his. his it was tremendous, tremendous season win uh, pieces that he used to do uh, on his website. And uh, look forward to uh, many more appearances 
from uh, from Adam Burke. Let me just uh, leave it at that. So we talked uh, about sequencing there in the first. By the way, if you're new to this show today, you're going to be like, boy, this guy with his sequencing and these UFC analytics they're about to talk about, 265. Well, let me wow you with some tennis data. This is one of those shows this morning. Uh, listen, here's the deal. We're just trying to win bets. And the funny thing, Aaron Schatz, the uh, creator of Football Outsiders, and I talk about this from time to time. When you say you're, you bet via analytics, the person who doesn't have analytics or doesn't bet through analytics immediately to make themselves feel better goes, ah, analytics, analytics, they don't measure heart. It's not like we don't watch as much as you do. We probably watch double the amount that you do. So stop with that. Um, by the way, Ed Feng was on yesterday. In case you, in case you missed this analytics tidal wave, can we show the let's show the Ed Feng numbers? Forget my tennis for a second. This is pro football. This is much more interesting to people. I'll give you my tennis picks momentarily. Um, but this is yesterday. If you missed Ed Feng from the Power Rank, what he has done, and he's taken some of the work of, of Aaron Schatz and uh, Pro Football Focus and culled them all together. And it, it's the attempt to try to figure out again, and this is what we try to do on this show, regardless of the sport. We're trying to figure out what is not available to our brains just upon a viewing, right? So it's like, hey, that pitcher had a great game. Yeah, but did he get lucky? And has he been lucky? Has he been fortunate? Is it sustainable? Is he just getting the best of it all the time or the worst of it? Well, with quarterbacks, again, you know, it's like, okay, fumble luck is a thing. You can't predict who's recovering fumbles in the NFL or at any level of football, quite frankly. You can't predict that. Can you predict a guy's pick rate, his interception rate? Most people have said through the years, yeah, you can't really predict that. It's not predictive. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is. And I want to just add one layer to this uh, that we talked about yesterday because Matt Brown, we talked about it on Primetime Action last night. Matt Brown, my co-host, made a great point about this. But these are Ed Feng's numbers. So these are a list of five quarterbacks whose bad ball rates, their, their, their interception rates vis-a-vis their bad ball rates are actually pretty unfortunate. Like their pick, they throw so few bad balls, but their pick rates were high uh, versus those. So Russell Wilson, Tom Brady won't surprise you, right? Marcus Mariota, small sample size. So that's why he's probably, uh, uh, you know, in there more than any other reason. But Kyler Murray and Cam Newton might surprise you that their pick rates were really high based on their bad ball rate. And with bad ball rates like that, they, they, they actually might throw fewer picks uh, rate-wise moving forward. The other side of this is expected, you know, the, the guys who have who really might even get worse, basically, with their pick rate. Guys who have really high bad ball rates. You see Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Blake Bortles, Carson Wentz also on that list, but have really gotten the best of it in terms of picks. In other words, it's the old thing where I used to talk about Kirk Cousins playing for Washington. How many balls just bounced right off the chests of defenders and fell harmlessly to the ground? He just got lucky with it so many times. So New York Giants fans and New York Giants backers with Daniel Jones, I know they're a kind of sexy team underneath the uh, the surface for a lot of, of guys. Uh, yeah, not so fast with Daniel Jones. Like his pick rate might get worse. Same with Ryan Tannehill's in Tennessee. I get it. He has Julio Jones. But Jones and Tannehill have gotten the best of it per those numbers. Bortles, Wentz, Burrow, Ryan, Minshew also on this list. Matt Brown's point yesterday was a good one, which is you also have to factor in, like, the quarterback's standard type of pass. Like, Tom Brady's always throwing it short, right? So his his pick rate's always going to be good based on just the length of his passes. For people like Tannehill and Jones, um, you know, who, who throw it further, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's not as fair. I guess the real comparison is, Tom Brady, we get why his interception rate is good, but Kyler Murray having, you know, going to be better with interceptions, that's something to file away. He does throw the ball downfield, and you should expect a better pick rate for him moving forward. So shout out to Ed Fang again for doing this. We will get those tennis picks based on the data uh, in D.C. tonight. Rafa has been knocked out, too. That was a story. Coming back on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome 
back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. The VEASAN College Football Betting Guide is here. Start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every team. Humans and crew did a great job with this. It's so good. Now's also a great time to get your all-access VEASAN subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free all-access trial today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Don't call Jason Garrett Jason. Call him Coach. Jason, can I call you Jason? Is that okay? Is that all right? Yes, sir. Okay, just curious. Giants offensive coordinator with a uh, awkward exchange with reporters on Thursday. My goodness. Between Wait for hard knock skill. It's going to be fantastic. Well, he's with the Giants, not with the Cowboys anymore. So there's that. My bad. Yeah. Let's <laughs> point that out. Uh, golf tournament, by the way, uh, St. Jude FedEx Invitational yesterday, the WGC event, which obviously has a huge purse, $1.9 million to the winner. Um a, a, a full purse of over $10 million, but $1.9 million to the winner. First round in the books yesterday, obviously. They've just gotten going, just gotten it underway in the, uh, in the second round. Um, but Harris English, the first-round leader at 8-under, had a two-stroke lead over Jim Herman, uh, Ortiz, Matthew Wolf, and Ian Poulter, who all uh, shot 6-under. And there is Bryson DeChambeau at 5-under. Man, oh, man, is he the fly, fly in the ointment. Like the most unpredictable dude ever these days. Uh, so we'll see how it moves forward. Obviously, with uh, just a field of 66 golfers and it's a no-cut tournament, um, there's always there's only going to be big names at the top and big names at the bottom and only big names in between. So it's, it's one of those where you, you with a no-cut, you wonder who is still in this. Like if, you, if you're even par or better, are you still in this with a no-cut tournament? Probably. Probably are. So, uh, I don't know, that doesn't bode well for Victor Hovland, who's three over yesterday, 11 back, or Rory McIlroy was two over 10 back. Uh, but everybody else, you know, almost everybody else seems to be uh, still within striking distance. And again, probably not another eight under par for Harris English or another six under for the likes of Jim Herman. But we shall see how that tournament moves forward. From an analytics standpoint, we were talking about who's the guy that probably underperformed the most but still scored well yesterday. Uh, Matt Brown said it was Jason Kokrak. Jason Kokrak. So if you still have an opportunity to make an in-game wager, maybe that's a guy you gravitate towards at the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational down at TPC Southwind in Memphis. All right, tennis. I promise tennis. Uh, once again, I, I am not following, <laughs> not following my own advice. I am because I'm not going crazy. So I am following my own advice. Uh, the U.S. Open is, is uh, three weeks away in New York the final of the four tennis slams. And, of course, the tennis world will all converge uh, there at, uh, in, in Queens for that. And we'll see if Novak Djokovic can get the slam, the grand slam, the first calendar grand slam since Rod Laver did it in 1969 on the men's side. Um, but the run-up to it, there are big 1,000 events the two weeks preceding the U.S. Open. And 1,000 events are the biggest purses just underneath the slams. So the week before, again, uh, Cincinnati, both the men's and the women's tours are in Cincinnati for the uh, Western and Southern Open. And then next week, uh, both tours are in in, uh, Canada, Toronto and Montreal, uh, respectively, to also have a 1,000 tournaments. So we will really be doing tennis picks starting next week for the, really for the next month, quite frankly. This week, not so much, right? There are only 500 tournaments is what they call them. So the purses aren't as big. It's the tour stop on the men's side in D.C. The women are in San Jose. I don't have any women's plays this morning, although they are in the quarterfinals. I haven't run the numbers on those yet. But on the men's side, first of all, Rafa Nadal was eliminated last night by Lloyd Harris of South Africa. Nadal had never played a tennis match in D.C. before. They were selling tickets on the secondary market for, for Rafa's first match uh, against American Jack Sock on Wednesday for like $2,000 a pop in D.C. Because it's like, here's one of the big three showing up for the first time in your town. We actually get to lay eyes on him. Sock took him to a third set tiebreaker before Nadal was able to uh, pull it out on just sheer grit and determination. Last night, not so much. Uh, beaten by the South African Lloyd Harris. So Rafa, Dunzo. And the reason we don't go hard on tennis tournaments like this that are not 1,000 events or slams is because you do have an inkling in your head. You do, have, you do wonder, is Nadal kind of secretly okay with losing because he gets to conserve energy for the tournaments moving forward? There's always that thought. 
Well, as far as the quarterfinals today, if you want some tennis action, I got it for you. Um, they are in the quarterfinals to D.C. I am taking Lloyd Harris. I'm taking Lloyd Harris, who just beat Rafa Nadal, at plus 120 against the uh, the Japanese player Kinishikori. Now, Kinishikori is one of these guys who is never a comfortable fade, especially in a five-setter. You don't want to fade him uh, with three-setters, best of threes. Uh, it feels a little more comfortable because everybody can play uh, three with their uh, with their uh, fitness. But Nishikori is just a he's he's unbelievable in five setters. But I'm taking Lloyd Harris plus 120, not because he beat Nadal or anything, but because the numbers just play out on hard courts. Uh, hard courts. If you go six months, if you go a year, Harris is he's not elite. But he is better than Ishikori uh, by a bit. Harris, uh, year data in terms of uh, serve percentage, return percentage, aggregate. Harris is a 105.7 over the last year on hard court. He's 106.6 over six months. Nishikori's in the 103 range in both the uh, year-long and six-month data. So it's not a huge difference, but Harris is better. And you're getting him at plus 120. So Lloyd Harris is the play at plus 120 against Nishikori. The other one I like, uh, Mackenzie McDonald, who we had on uh, primetime action last night. I had Mackenzie McDonald as a uh, as a play against uh, Ilya Ivashka. Mackenzie McDonald got it done yesterday. I'm on McDonald again. A little juice on this one. It's minus 179 over Dennis Kudla, who's, who's very good. But Mackenzie McDonald... Uh, talk about uh, hard court numbers. McDonald running at about 103.3 and 103.8, respectively, one year and six month hard court data in terms of serve and return of serve percentage. Kudla's in the 100 and then 99.3 range, both uh, in terms of one year and six month data. So McDonald is a play at minus 179. So those are your two tennis plays. Lloyd Harris plus 120. Uh, the South African who just ousted Rafa Nadal from the city open there in Washington, D.C., plus 120 over Kina Shikori. And then the other one, Mackenzie McDonald, minus 179 over Dennis Kudla in one of the other quarters. Staying away from the other two because Brooksby is a uh, prohibitive price. But I like Brooksby, by the way, against Millman. But it's it's too high of a, a number. And then Sinner and Johnson, I'm staying away from there. Um, those of you wondering, hey, wait a minute, didn't Nick Kyrgios win this tournament last year? Didn't he show up? What happened to him? Yeah, he got beat in the first round. <laughs> it's just the most, this is the most difficult dude to ever trust ever in any sport, Nick Kyrgios, but just a world of talent. All right, so those are the picks. Harris and McDonald, enjoy. Mark Borchard, part of our unbelievable baseball lineup on this show with Jason Weingarten, Joe Pita, uh, and, of course, the great Paul Spore, Mark Borchard, right in that group. He's got baseball picks and thoughts from his undisclosed location in the desert. That's next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life— We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. As summer heats up, so does the sports betting action at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VSIN600 and your first wager is risk-free up to $600. Place your bets on all the exciting showdowns in MLB, MLS, and more sports from around the globe. And when you register with BetMGM, you also get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials from breathtaking goals to colossal home runs. The king of sportsbooks takes every play to a new level of excitement. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code VEASAN600 to get back up to $600 on your very first wager. New customer offer, paid and free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Skill Alexander. We get tweets at beating the book. Sorry, Jason Gunn, producer number seven. Curveball. Apologize. Uh, Mark Borchard standing by, by the way, from his uh, lair somewhere in the desert. Mike Zhang, thank you, Gil, for the documentary recommendation, It Made the Night. Uh, he's talking about, Mike is, talking about uh, my conversation with Bill Krakenberger yesterday about the Bill Simmons production uh, there on HBO Max of Woodstock 99. Peace, love, and rage. Just unbelievable. Angry white males at the end of the 90s. Angry for no reason wreaking havoc. It's just unbelievable. By the way, I reached out to Bill Simmons to be on the show. He didn't get back to me. Still mad at that. Uh, I think he's still mad at the uh, email I sent him 20 years ago when I told him the greatest comeback in NBA history was the Bullets 17-0 run at the end of a playoff game against the uh, Moses Malone, Dr. J. Charles Barkley Sixers in the postseason. He took exception to that. Said some teams aren't as important as others, Gil. Oh, okay. Uh, Joby. Also on Twitter here at Beating the Book. Less than 12 hours away from the inexplicable return of the Love Zone on primetime action, the most anticipated television event <laughs> since the series finale of Breaking Bad. Uh, what he's referring to is that, uh, well, it's a long story. Let's put it that way. On primetime action, which again, drinking game, I do with Matt Brown, Daniel Alvari, and Kelly Billen on MSG Plus at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Also, of course, on vcin.com. Uh, we do a segment every Friday called The Love Zone, which is sort of a... Uh, a tribute? Can I call it a tribute? Or a mocking of my uh, old time as a slow jam host uh, back in the day on KML and WKYS? But KML primarily in, uh, in San Francisco. We go through the bets we love this weekend, basically. But Kelly does it in a voice that imitates my voice 20 years ago. So it's just, it's a comedy. Uh, Phil, uh, <laughs> Phil, this is at uh, PM Turcotte. 
He said, was going to watch uh, the uh, Woodstock documentary yesterday, but got sucked into Chernobyl. Don't know how I missed that the first time around, but that is a solid A+. Phil, dude, yes, it is. It, Chernobyl was spectacular. That was spectacular on HBO. I completely agree. Mickey Moran, uh, to, the, to, the analytic, to the analytics haters, we say uh, more, f- uh, more fool them. I'm not sure what that means, but I think he's, uh, he's saying poo-poo on them is what he's saying. Uh, he's on the Ed Fang email. It's a different class. So good, I got him on the Ed, Ed Fang email as well. And Ed said we got, from his appearance yesterday, he got tons of sign-ups. So uh, glad we could help out there, Ed Fang. Uh, super, super interesting with his analytics takes. I'll tell you who else is super interesting. From his undisclosed location in the desert, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow him on Twitter at BaseWinner or follow the BaseWinner podcast. It's Mark Borchard. How you doing, Mark? Yo, I'm on an endorphin high from the Phillies' comeback win yesterday. Uh, so exciting. Well, yes. So from that perspective, it's so exciting. But how ridiculous are the Nationals, right? Like, so Finnegan's in there now as the closer, and it's like, okay, this is this could go either way. But if, if the Nationals, forget if they had, you know, like a average bullpen. If they had a bullpen that was like even a uh, a tick above sucking, right? They would be right in the, right in the heart of this race. So bad. What are they? They're giving up four in a row now for the bullpen, or four in the last like uh, week and a half. It's ridiculous. They lose seven to six to the Phillies. So, congratulations to you, Mark Borchin. Well, I, I appreciate that, Gil, and I, I know Suero could not put up a zero for you uh, in the game where you had <laughs> Josiah Gray. I just That's had right. to say that. I, I really like saying that about uh, uh, Wander Suero. That was my, one, interesting, my one baseball pick this week. Interesting yeah. observation. I'm sorry? No, it was my Go one ahead. baseball pick this week. I had the Nationals in that game with Josiah Gray, and yeah, Suero, in fairness to Suero, he inherited a runner or two, if, as I recall. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. But, but good observation about the, the Nationals bullpen last 30 days by the three metric chart worst in baseball. So that, that's a good observation by you just just watching them play. Do you do on your three metric chart? I know you haven't done it for long, so maybe this question doesn't apply. But do you ever like do historical analysis of that? Like, is it like one of the worst since you've ever been keeping track of those numbers on your three metrics? I just started this chart this yeah. year, but very interesting to kind of go back and, and see. If, and I think I can do that over the offseason, Gil. And meanwhile, they're only seven and a half back. Like, it's, it's just incredible that they're even that close. Uh, as the Phillies now are just a half game behind the New York Metropolitans. Poor Mets, too, with the whole DeGrom injury. Obviously, Lindor has been out for a long time this year. Uh, but DeGrom not coming back till September. We don't know if that's early September. We don't know if that's late. But the Phillies won back in the loss column right there. So congratulations to you. Do you think the Phillies will run away with this division, ultimately? Um, I, don't, I wouldn't say that. I have... The NL East, this is kind of how I have it capped by the by the simulator. Uh, I've got the Phillies with a 51.7% chance to win that division. I've got the Mets at 34%, and I've got the Braves at 14%. So wow. right now, yeah, right now DraftKings has the Phillies uh, plus 250. I think it's great value. I have them at minus 113. But, you know, this is so exciting for me, Gil, because uh, I think it was about a month ago, you know, we, I put the Phillies out at 12 to 1. You did. And, uh, Really, really be cool to cash that ticket. Uh, it's super fun to follow this team, too, because it seems like they're either blowing leads, getting leads in the, in the last innings. It's really exciting baseball to watch. I, I, I tune in about, about the sixth inning on all these games. Gil. On paper, they're good, man. Their starting rotation is solid. Their, their top of their order is really solid. I mean, they should. I mean, based on your numbers, by the way, that does sound kind of runaway-ish by your numbers there in terms of your percentages. That That feels pretty pretty comfortable doesn't it well i mean if it's still a coin flip they're either going to get it or it's going to be the mets or the braves so if you're comparing it to those two teams collectively then yeah. then i would say i would say it's a 50 50 shot but i i still i still love it i love that team it's just it's just a fun team to watch it really is not mentioned in his chances to win the nl east the washington nationals just want to point that out <laughs> Not part I don't know. How many leads are you going to squander? It's phenomenal. Phenomenally poor. All right. What do you like today? Full slate. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the, uh, with the brewers at home and uh, it's priced right now in the market at minus 148. I've got it priced base winner uh, crunch at minus 164. 
I mean, I love Corbin Burns. He's a 99 percentile starter. Webb's been really good this year. He's a 75th percentile starter. And then if you cruise over to basewinner.com, now this is an interesting stat about Burns. He's number two behind DeGrom in base winner ERA. But what's interesting is his normal ERA is regular ERA, 2.46. But his base winner ERA 2.29, and Webb's respectable. Webb's respectable. He's uh, he's 40th in baseball uh, at 3.91, which is better than average. So I think we get a we get a pretty good starting pitching advantage. Uh, one of the things about the the uh, San Francisco bullpen is they're starting to leak a little bit. If you look at this three metric chart over the last 30 days, they're 18th in baseball, and it's really dropped them to that same slot overall uh, in that three metric bullpen chart. So I don't know if that bullpen's going to be able to hold on down down the line, but I really like Burns in this situation. I think this is a good opportunity to lay a little bit of juice and go with a brew crew. Yeah, once again, disclaimer, Mark has not factored Giants magic into any of his modeling on Giants games. We just want to point that out, just as a cautionary tale. Put that in. Yes, yes sir, you wanted to well, say well, something? Okay, so for, for, the, for the G6 model that we're going to work on over yes. the offseason, that's the, that's the number one component of the six components I, we're, I've, we're going to I've got there. four hours a day allotted to, to work on this with you by the way burns awesome. though more more seriously burns and by the way i was completely serious about the magic but with corbin burns is he now like for the cy young so obviously we don't know when Degrom's coming back it's hard to place a bet on him if you knew he was coming back early september and then had like four starts where he was back to being jacob Degrom, he wins it but if he doesn't come back he's not winning this thing and so is burns your guy now in that market I would have to I would have to say yes because he's I mean he's this number two overall base winner ERA and that's to me is is how I I define what a good pitcher is I think they can control strikeout rate I think they can control walk rate and to an extent they can they can control uh, ground ball and fly ball rate too so those are controllable stats. And I like Burns there. Yeah, that's that. What's the price on that, Gil? That's, that's not th- a bad idea. I think you can get north of three dollars on Burns now at this point for NL Cy Young, if I'm not mistaken. So that's 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 pretty good. Walker Bueller is your short shot at right around three dollars. But Burns is, you know, he's all, by the way, all three of those Brewers starters, right, are in the top seven of the NL Cy Young market. Talking Burns and Woodruff and Peralta. But uh, I think, you know, he might be the man. He might be the man on that. It, although, you know, Zach Wheeler will have something to say about that, obviously, with the Phillies as well. Um, besides the Brewers, what do you like today? Okay, this game is pretty interesting, and one of the things that I've done successfully this year is I bet against this Cardinal team. I don't think this Cardinal team is pretty good. I think they're master a bad team masquerading as a mediocre team. Uh, I'm going to play the Royals on the run line here. I've got it priced at minus 127 on the money, on the money line. It's minus 150, but I'm going to take that run and a half. Uh, one of the things that's pretty interesting, if you look at the base winner uh, run number with for Wainwright and Miner, they're both pretty equal. In fact, if you look at their stats, they both have a K number of 104 and right around 80 for their walk rate. But if you look at the three metric chart, Gil, the three metric chart loves Mike Miner at, at 67 percentile and Wainwright at a 41 percentile. And this the St. Louis Cardinal team. By this expected standings, they should be 42 and 66 uh, baseball club. I'm going to take every opportunity I can uh, to to fade them uh, down the stretch, Gil. You are not a Cardinals liker, based on the numbers. That is for sure. Absolutely, yeah. The Cardinals, the Cardinals just don't score well in any of, of, of these ratings, Gil. Okay, uh, Mark Porchett, everybody at Base Winner, the Base Winner Podcast again. The place Brewers uh, minus one forty, the Royals plus a run and a half, also right around minus one forty. His two plays of the day. Thank you, sir. Always appreciated, Mark. Thanks, Gil. Have a great weekend. You too, man. Mark Borchard, everybody, at Baseware. Kind enough to join us Tuesdays and Fridays right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. UFC 265, Reed Kuhn, who does it all by analytics. What's in his numbers? What's not? What is he like? Next, a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.